Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this is our final episode covering Too Hot to Handle. I'm covering episodes seven and eight. Um, there is a reunion that I just discovered, but I'll just get into these two and I'll watch the reunion. And if there's enough content, I'll do another ep. But I mean, given the show thus far, I mean, this was really fun and exciting to watch the finale while I was chopping pumpkin and making soup, <laughs> but it is background viewing. So I don't have too much confidence that the reunion's going to be, uh, you know, got us jumping off the walls with excitement, but I'll watch it. And if it's worth covering, I'll cover it basically is where I'm at. Let's get into it. So we have... 55 grand left of the 100k. So we've blown a half of the money in less than a month, which, you know, that's an expensive fucking holiday. But for the amount of people, I mean, maybe it's okay on a luxury island if you want to spend your holiday in the same room as about 15 other horny adults where none of you can touch each other. Hmm. It's starting to sound less desirable the more I think about it. It actually reminds me yet again of the yoga camp I was talking about last episode where everyone was like writhing around um, pretending to give birth. And I did have to sleep in a dorm room like that of about 20 people of varying ages from about 19 to 65 and there was a couple of gals in the corner that would just brew ch- um, <laughs> ch- chai tea in the corner. I guess they found some plug and they had an electric uh, pot. I don't know. So there was that going on. Another corner, there was um, probably someone making bliss balls, someone doing a neti pot. It, look, it was now that I look back, I think I was pretty brave at 19 to be entering into that world and to have made it out alive to tell the tale. I'm not sure it's something I would do again, but look, it's an experience. And um, isn't that isn't that what we how we learn in life like these kids examining their yonis? That is very much something that would have been on offer at yoga camp. Yoni Puja vaginal workshop. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> oh, look. I was proud of Chloe actually during that workshop. I'll just skip ahead to that for a tick because I think so many women could relate to her talking about, you know, not finding their vagina represented. Oh, sorry, technically vulva. Not recommended in porn. Recommended? (laughs) Oh my God. I'm feeling so awkward talking about my fucking yoni. (laughs) Can't imagine how they felt having to do that while being filmed. I mean, they just had these little like porta potties to kind of squat over a mirror in. So awkward. But what I was trying to say is not having their yonis represented in porn. So I thought it was good for Chloe to speak out about that and um, her, in quotation marks, beef curtains. Ow! I feel so uncomfortable. But good on you, Chloe Chloe. Or blowy Chloe, as uh, 
we heard last week coming out of Bryce's mouth, what a classy, classy guy. Then they get on to painting their pusses. That's different to patting the puss, as Erica Jane would uh, have us say. And look, mostly they just painted cartoon animals, which isn't really how I would have represented my vagina, but each to their own. You know what? Whatever makes you feel like a strong, powerful yoni goddess. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. (laughs) All right, let's backtrack a little. So, I mean, just on looks alone, there is a lot of underboob going on. I mean, it, it is at extreme levels. This is... This is a new thing. This is definitely something for ladies in their 20s um, because as a woman in her 30s, this, it was all about the, the upper, upper boob, <laughs> the top side of the boob <laughs> in my generation. And um, yeah, underboob has definitely become, come onto the scene with a bit of a vengeance. So I don't mind it, except Chloe is pushing the boundaries just a little. She's uh, kind of done the mini skirt thing with it, where it's like it's basically just covering the nips now. She's lifted it up and pulled it down so much. Um, it's a lot, but it's definitely worth mentioning. <laughs> and it's progressed a lot throughout the course of the uh, series. So... I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, this is the show for you. I, however, am very comfortable uh, sitting at my desk right now recording this podcast without a bra in sight. Not a one to be seen since the beginning of quarantine. And that's my boob poetry for you all. (laughs) Oh, Lord. If you're wearing a bra and working at home... You're a fucking psychopath. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. Let those flesh bags fly. I am so sorry. I am so glad my mother does not listen to this podcast because that was fucking repulsive. <laughs> I think, <laughs> oh, this, this covering too hot to handle makes me so uncomfortable that I just end up saying the weirdest fucking shit oh lordy who should we start with we open in episode seven with Harry and Franny Francesca talking about how much fun they're always having together having a laugh these two beautiful basic bitches I mean cut to oregano oregano chat hilarious oh my god (laughs) but I actually know what they mean because I have no idea how to say oregano slash oregano because my mom's Canadian and obviously I'm Australian and that's the issue that they're experiencing so I always just alternate and say both of them you know what tomato tomato potato potato oregano oregano so look As long as they're happy, I'm happy for them. And their relationship is progressing very well. I mean, aside from the fact Francesca gets asked out on a date by Corey, 
the new geezer in town who basically spent the previous night in bed with your girl Chloe and uh, they had a cheeky pash and he was flirting with her and all up in her grill until he got what he wanted, realised she was attracted to him and then she's like, he's like, great, catch her on the flip because I'm more into Francesca and I'm a fuckboy, so let's just play that field. So he asks Francesca out on a date and she says yes because she's a fucking dickhead. But after a nice dinner, a couple of shots of tequila because obviously he's trying to manipulate her into bed and he has no personality in order to do that. So, you know, alcohol's your boy. Um, she finally does turn him down. They flirt a lot, like it's painful. But she walks away and, I mean, that was a good sign. So good on her. And she's honest with Harry about how the date went as well, that she was flirtatious and that it was tempting, but she thought ultimately it was a good test and it just made their relationship stronger. Cannot actually believe that that happened and that worked, but you know what? People learn lessons in their own ways. All power to your girl. She is slurrily changing. Oh, Corey is what's wrong with the world. I can't can't with this guy. I mean, even what he said about, excuse me, Chloe. Or if, uh, uh, what's her voice? What's his voice? Uh, Hello, mate. Hello, governor. (laughs) I have to like become... What's like a, what's that? Chim chimney, chim chimney guy. <laughs> In order to find his accent. And I think I do a really good job at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, or I have to make a bit more gruff because he's a fucking geezer. Here we are now, we're in it. Oh, sorry, you had to come through that journey with me. Um, <laughs> what am I doing alone in my room? <laughs> Even the cat's judging me. So, I'll get a Corey, right? He's uh, sitting back. He's like, talk about Chloe to the damn boys. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, if she's interested in me, right, that's uh, not my problem. Even though, yeah, I kissed her and you slept in bed with her and you told her you wanted to go on a date with her and then you took another girl out on a date. It's her problem, is it? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't really get the math there, but I don't think you get math at all. So, I think I'm still on top. Oh my God, like he, he is why I have trust issues. This fucking douche canoe. Honestly, I think the new people just haven't been there long enough to get the project or get the, you know, the challenge because it took a lot of these boys a while to kind of settle into it. And I, it feels like these guys have been there just for a, a few days. So who the fuck knows? Anyway. I was happy that he didn't catch either of them birds. So after the Yoni workshop, our girl Chloe is feeling super empowered, as she should be, because she's realised that she's a strong, independent woman and has a strong, beautiful Yoni. And she is going to love herself enough to use condoms now. So good on her. Like, legit, that's actually great news. (laughs) Best to be safe and not riddled with chlamydia. 
I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be touching anybody on this show without a condom. Nothing sexier than safety, guys. Oh, who am I? Anyway, uh, yeah, so she calls him out on being a dickhead. And I was proud of her. You know, he didn't listen to her. He didn't hear her. He, you know, did what we come to expect of Corey and just kind of chucked a fit and walked away. But she felt great and I was happy for her that she's going to have more self-respect and be a little bit more cautious with who she lets into her womanly cave. (laughs) Oh my God. Too much fucking yoga camp, yoni workshop bullshit for me. Okay. And then we have a, a little bit of a bombshell dropped by Rhonda, who reveals that she's got a son. I think he's about two years old, as we see later in when she gets him on video call. But yeah, this is, uh, I actually loved how she dropped this to Sharon. She was just like, mm, I've got to tell him, I'm and ahhing about it. And then she's just chilling with him. And all of a sudden, she just casually goes, Oh, you know, I'm just missing my son. <laughs> And he's like, (laughs) like his eyes bugging out of his head, like he's in a cartoon. And I truly didn't expect him to be cool with it, but he really was. He was just like pretty much straight away on board. And I thought that was great. Good on him. I mean, I can't, I don't know how old he was. I can't remember how old he was, but. Look, we're all getting on in years. I'm at the stage in my life that if they don't have a kid, I'm like, you're obviously too young for me. (laughs) Says the girl who has kitten children. But yeah, I mean, you gotta, you just gotta, we're we're at the age now where we look for a ring. That's the first thing we do. That's a different transition between 20s and 30s. You look for a, a ring tan line and, you know, if that isn't there, then you start asking questions about family. <laughs> it's just what you do as you get on. And look, I'm sure things will evolve more. But Amari is her son's name. He is adorable. He isn't, you know, too warm straight off the bat to Sharon, but that's Okay. He was a fuckboy five minutes ago. It takes a minute to warm up. I think that's good to be cautious. Actually watching them has given me a little bit of hope because aside from, you know, being a sex addict, I think that I was, I relate to Sharon a little bit in how caged my heart is. So the fact that within weeks of meeting his perfect girl he's been able to let his guard down and open his heart I think that's nice and maybe one day I will love again Aww. and from that sweet moment let's go to another with Francesca giving Harry a sneaky BJ <laughs> this book I know I'm a sucker And that's why these shows work on me. But I actually found it pretty romantic. 
This was the most romantic, sneaky below job in a room full of eight other people that I've ever seen on TV. (laughs) And that's quite the feat. Just because when she came up and she'd finished wiping the cum off her mouth, she was just like, they just fell in love and they said, I love you. And she said a bag and we're like, oh my God. And we've all done it, the post-coital love admission. I mean, I just, you know, you're all soaked in the afterglow. Sometimes, you know, it's metaphorical. In Francesca's case, not so much. I just thought that was sweet. And then we get the big test of the season. They have a chance to win all of the money back that Harry and Fran have lost. So that would equate to, what, $75,000. So they don't get all of the money um, that everybody's lost, but they've certainly lost the most of the entire crew. But the catch being... They have to spend a night in the sexy suite with zero physical contact. We're fucked. You see everybody's face drop. I mean, they're not even just kind of, they're fucking fuming. They're not like worried. They're angry because they feel like they have already lost. And so we send the loved up couple Newly admitted they've fallen in love couple horned up to the gills, this gorgeous people into a sexy suite with a beautiful bath with fucking sex toys, handcuffs, whips, chains, whatever you want and pump them full of champagne and the two motherfuckers didn't do it. I was so proud and I enjoyed watching the rest of the troop sweat it out. So good on them. Um, I've been looking at them on Instagram and it looks like they're still going strong. They're still together. I don't know where they are. I haven't gone that deep, but maybe we'll find out in the reunion or maybe someone's deep dived a little bit more in the socials than I have Has he actually moved to Vancouver? I worry for a Queensland boy in Vancouver. He's going to freeze to fucking death. But, hey, it only snows once a year. My mum always jokes about that. She was on the other side. She was in Toronto. And um, that's how I was taught. You have to say, not allowed to say Toronto. Toronto. Like you're lazy. (laughs) (laughs) like Melbourne is just Melbourne, not Melbourne. Um, She always said, you know, yeah, it's, it is, it gets really cold um, about once a year, but the winter lasts not three months. It lasts for about six months. So I don't know. I think Vancouver's worse. Uh, So good luck to you, Harry. Hopefully you're still with us. R.I.P. Before we have the big announcement that they're going to split the money evenly between the remaining crew, we fuck off two of the three newbies. Lydia gets to stay because she's had some kind of a little bit of growth with David and David's so cute. He's really grown on me. 
he's really applied himself to the process, you guys. Lydia, I'm not so convinced, but she wasn't as bad as Corey and what's there, California. And, um, uh, Meredith, Marjorie, it's an M name, Mahogany, <laughs> who cares? They're gone because they didn't embrace the process. They were kind of snobby and Corey was just a dick. So they don't deserve the seven and a half K that the remaining 10 get. Um, I'm happy they didn't just reward it to a couple or the two couples because everybody did grow some more than others. And, but it would have been, it would have been pretty funny if they had like tiered levels of how much everybody won. <laughs> but I think this was a, a fair way to do it. Good on you, Lala. Lala? Oh my God. I'm in Vanderpump Rules brain at the moment. Fucking Lala. Is anyone else just fucking sick of her right now? You're not a gangster. You're basically a high class prostitute who I'd recently found out that the Range Rover that she was given, I mean, talking Vanderpump rules just for a hot second, if nobody knows where I'm at. The PJ for the BJ, the Range Rover she was gifted after fucking her husband to be, that apparently used to belong to his previous girl. I don't know if it was the ex-wife, probably not, but whoever else he had on the side before Lala. So I'm just saying, just saying, guys. I'm so over how uppity she is over James and like holding her sobriety over his head when she's just so clearly dry drunk. She's so, she hasn't evolved at all. I think she needs to go on the next season of Too Hot to Handle, to be honest. Because she's so up her own ass that she cannot see the light. Anyway, that's just my little la-la rant. I'm, I'm just fucking done. I'm actually hating on everybody on Vanderpump Rules right now. Bar James. So, you know, I've always been an advocate. And he's 11 months sober, you guys. So, yeah, just a little round of applause for him. What am I doing with my life? All right. So, basically, what did we learn from this whole experience? Hmm. I can sum it up pretty quickly. Um, so fuck boys and fuck girls, which is a term I've just invented, are just damaged adults that are uh, wounded, that their wounded inner child is in pain and needs to be loved. And when they receive that love, they are healed. Exhibit A, Harry and Francesca. Exhibit B, what's her name and what's his name? But as my psych would say, we really need to have that love come from within because if these relationships don't work out for whatever reason, somebody falls back into their fuckboy's ways for a moment or fuck girls, you know, girls can be dicks too. Hashtag not all girls. Don't at me. I'm just, I've had a gin. So when their relationship breaks, if their relationship breaks down and they haven't learnt that self-love and self-worth, um, the pattern will likely repeat itself. So what do we do for all the singles and for the future relationship breakdowns? Look, I'm just going to give my advice that I give for everything and it's the only thing that's ever worked in the hell that my brain has put me through over the years. 
therapy and time. Send everybody on this island to another island with lots of therapists. One therapist for every person because, honestly, if one was taking care of all of these uh, fuck people, that's the new saying, um, very <laughs> diplomatic way <laughs> of saying it, <laughs> then they would blow their brains out in two seconds flat. There is so many issues going on below the surface here. It is difficult to watch, but we did it, you guys. We got through it. And uh, if you don't have a therapist, you know what? It's fine. Just get yourself a tiny little robot um, or a humidifier. Switch it on, pop it in the corner, and you'll be you'll be right. Maybe have a chai tea <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Speaking of fuckboys, I recently wrote a post for, um, well, I was talking to you last time about my memoir um, that I'm currently working on. And uh, my latest piece is called Fuckboys. And that is on my blog at gutterglitter.blog. I think it's the top the top writing piece on there right now. Or you can just go to my website, kirstenmoore.com.au. I have just given fuckboys to my grandfather to read. Um, so awaiting his uh, feedback <laughs> with abated breath. Look, he's a writer. He was a judge for about oh, 60 years. He has seen and done it all. Once he told me a story about pulling a dead guy out of a swamp and he laughed and laughed as he told me how the arm fell off like basically a fucking lamb shank falling off the bone because it had just been in there for so long rotting and then he just I was sitting there fucking horrified eyes wide gagging as I'm sure you are right now and he just leans back in his chair and he's like ah the things I've seen (laughs) oh my god what a guy so look he's uh seen and done some shit he used to be a um what do you call it like a shark he was a a fake shaman in a sham man if you will in africa they lived in africa for a while and he would heal people um in inverted commas by breathing fire and once he burned his face off so Maybe that gives you some insight into me. Um, last week I went to visit him, keeping my distance, of course. I told him, we were, I was like, I don't know, we were talking about Wolf of Wall Street. And he told me that was his favorite movie. And I made a joke about hookers and cocaine and he laughed and laughed. So that's where I come from, you guys. <laughs> so he'll be fine reading Fuckboys. It's uh, about... The time I punched a guy in the face because I was just really done with misogynistic, well, fuck boys. So I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, next, I will be, I'll sort of be having a little breather. I want to take some time to work on my, my memoir a lot more. Um, but aside from that, if you haven't heard yet, I've been posting it on the Instagram at Reality TV and me and on Facebook uh, by the same name. So you may have seen it there. Otherwise, follow along for more updates. 
Um, Married at First Sight Australia is coming to the US and will be playing on Lifetime. So the first release date is the 27th of this month. So anybody who wanted to listen to the podcast but couldn't find the show, um, I will be posting the corresponding episodes, just reposting them again so you can have the link and the access to them and keep up to date with what me and Jacques and a, special, a couple of special co-hosts thought about that as we were watching it in real time. Additionally, I've hooked up a few uh, fingers crossed that this all goes ahead because like, you know how people can be. But I've hooked up a few interviews with the cast members as well. So I will still be putting out podcasts. They may just be a little bit more sporadic and they will relate to Australian Married at First Sight. So if you're wondering what to watch next, if you're wondering where to go next, that's your best bet because if it's anything like how they released it in Australia, it was it will be played four nights a week starting on the 27th. So set your DVRs or whatever people use these days. Get your streaming slash downloading going. I don't know technology. I have no idea how I'm even recording this podcast. I'm probably just talking alone in my room and nobody will ever hear this. So <laughs> peace out, bitches. I love you all. Stay safe.